Conversation cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this 27th day of February, 2023, the penultimate day of February, because I love using the word penultimate, uh, of February, yeah, we will be gloriously done with February, almost, almost entirely done by this time tomorrow, and that means that hopefully the worst of winter is over. Hi, I'm Robin. It is Moran Monday on the horn. I, of course, was gone on Friday, although I was told uh, by a certain brother bishop that there was a fantastic back porch discussion this past Friday. I'm sorry I missed it, but I feel like uh, I feel like feel like I was doing something good, something important. I'll share more in a moment. Um, this is the horn. Head on dot live is where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All time zones in between in the Great Globe Round. And if you happen into the chat room right now while the program's live, you'll be greeted by early arrivers Anatole and Irish Dave and New Jersey Nick and... Squeaky and Theo, hey y'all, we've almost, uh, well, by golly, and of course, capably moderated by longtime inveterate indefatigable veteran chat room moderator Sparky, uh, who, although he is a third stage guild navigator, has declined to fold space and become man cave. He is capably assisted by pinch hit midweek chat room utility moderator and all around great guy, Brother Bishop Steve from Georgia Stan, Steve, and of course, horn chief mathematician. And uh, and uh, chief agronomist as well as Bud Trimmer Emeritus Roger in Oregon. Hey y'all! Uh, a brand new broadcast week. Glad to be back. Shouldn't be any interruptions to the program this week. I hope. And uh, now the only thing that's really out there on the horizon. Maybe make a note of it um, in terms of uh, in, in in terms of just general planning. Uh, Probably gonna be. Let's see. Uh, yeah, uh, we will be. Uh, I'll be. Uh, I'll be on the road. 
on the road to Princeton, New Jersey, uh, third full week of March. Uh, probably no program the 24th, 25th, or 27th because I'll be driving. Because I, I looked at trying to figure out how to fly. No, 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 no. Mm-mm. Might as well just drive. So um, they will be, uh, they'll be screening Devil Put the Coal in the Ground at the Princeton en- Environmental Film Festival. And I'll be participating in a panel discussion with the, uh, the two principal creators of the film. And I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to uh, I think it's going to be a magnificent experience, and well, it'll be nice to get out. It, it, you know, when I get out on the road, uh, inevitably I pick up a story or two here and there. So that that'll be uh, that'll be uh, well, I think exciting. The film festival itself is. Uh, Mm. on the 26th. So that gives me... Uh, I'll probably leave on the 24th. 24th, get there on the 20th. Yeah, no, there's no no reason to bust my ass getting up there. So I'm looking forward to it so very, very much. But I'm getting ahead of myself because every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. And so as a consequence... Um, as a consequence, well, uh, we say thank you to our 27th, 26th, and 25th, and 24th day of the month subscribers via PayPal. That means thank you very kindly, working backwards, to our dear friend Robert in Australia. Haven't heard from you in a while, Robert. Give, uh, give a girl a, get, send a girl a note or something. Say hi. Uh, thank you to Paul. Thank you so much, Paul. And thanks as well uh, to Emilio. Thank you, Emilio. Thank you to Sharon. Thank you, Ralph. And thank you to Peter and Mark. Thank you both. Thank you to Lori. Thank you, Lori, so very much. Thank you to Josh and to Samson. Thank you. And so thanks to each and every one of you for being partial sponsors of the program and helping keep independent, liberal, progressive broadcasting non, non-capitalist non and, well, you get the idea, on the air. Thank you. Thank you so very much. We've got, to, we've got a lot to talk about this evening, uh, more ends and otherwise. Uh, But I wanted to start out just by explaining my absence uh, this past Friday. You know I hate to miss Friday on the front porch. But there was simply no way. The the, the, uh, the bill number, if you want to look it up uh, here in West Virginia, is HB 3042. It's another one of those legislative chop shop bills, the Religious Freedom Restoration Act, as if religious freedom had ever been in any wise compromised in this state. Uh, There were more than two pages of speakers in opposition to this godforsaken piece of garbage. But there were, you know, there were were 10 or 11, 12, maybe 13 
you know, various floor rollers and snake handlers and um, Chris, you know, Crisco anointers and whatnot. But, you know, they each and every one of them shared one thing in common, and that is that they want the right to discriminate in this state against people whose lives they disagree with. And, th- and, and, and those speaking on our side were simply wonderful because one of the things that the, uh, that the weirdos, you know, the theocrats, by the way, <laughs> in, a, in a stroke of sublime irony, the, open, the, the public hearing was chaired by none other than the biggest transphobe and homophobe in the entire state of West Virginia, uh, a, a, a jerk by the name of Tom Fast. He's the guy I was trying to replace when I ran for office last year and may yet try again. And, of course, he's, he's a theocrat of the worst sort. He would be, you know, if, if, if he would be completely at home in a Christian version of Iran... Either if you own a what I mean, may everybody got a minute and a half to speak, and one of the most, like I said, one of the best points made was uh, the uh, the 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 uh, and the grunters and the brayers got up and talked about how Bill Clinton, Bill Clinton done done signed the federal referee in the law back in 1995 to protect religious freedom. And that Barack Obama done voted for it in the Senate. What they didn't point out, but later speakers did, was that that, that federal law was actually to, meant to protect marginalized faith communities like indigenous communities from being harassed for engaging in in religious practices that were frowned on by outfits like the DEA so that indigenous groups could in fact you know use their sacrament of say psilocybin mushrooms or peyote or maybe even cannabis without fear of persecution of them for their sincerely held religious beliefs. That's who that federal law was meant to protect, but of course, because the religion industry in this country and the right wing in this country more broadly is a, is, is a gang of, of, of legislative and jurisprudential thugs, who will take anything... Well, look, consider the word woke. Woke developed as a term in the black community to signify being aware of the world as it exists for people of color in this country. In right-wing circles now, however, it has become a swear word. The Stop Woke Act, remember? It is a way of, in, 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 it, 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 it's also a way of mocking, mocking uh, black speech. 
Um, for using the word woke. Every time you hear one of these white people, these white wingers, uh, decrying wokeness, they're actually giving themselves away for the racists that they are. Little hoodless Klansmen. But everything that is good, a Republican, a conservative, maggot, whatever we're calling them these days, will take a good thing and pervert it to nefarious uses. And so these tax-exempt legislative chop shops took the Religious Freedom Restoration Act and said, Aha! We can introduce these on a state-by-state basis to legitimize bigotry under the name of religious freedom. And so it was that some of the people on our side pointed this out, that RIFRA was originally created in the federal government to protect marginalized communities, but what had become a shield, or what had started out as a shield, had since become a sword. We outnumbered them. We out-organized them. But then again, they knew, just as they did with the, the, uh, uh, the medical ban bill, they knew it was going to pass. So they didn't have to actually speak up for it. It's only the people who are going to be hurt that needed to go and make a record of, of, of explaining exactly what this bill would do. Because, among other things, it means people can be fired for whomever they love. You know, if they're not straight, white. It means people can, it means landlords can refuse to rent to people who don't look like they think they should look. I think you've got a few too many tattoos and all them piercings. I don't think I won't rent to you. It means that businesses can refuse custom to people who simply want to order a freaking wedding cake. So that is what was under discussion this past Friday. And that was what I went down to speak on. And I want to thank my friends at Fairness West Virginia for videoing it all. And I thought I would just share the audio with you. Good afternoon. I'm Robin Kincaid. My pronouns are she and her. I'm an eighth-generation West Virginian and a recovering Southern Baptist. West Virginia needs this bill like a submarine needs a screen door. That is to say, not at all. This heinous bill, this piece of legislative awful, has nothing to do with religious freedom and everything to do with the most base and vile forms of bigotry. It is a piece of performative trash whose only purpose is to pay back the tax-exempt hate groups who fill the pockets of the whited sepulcher that presently is this body. 
It certainly has nothing to do with the inclusive teachings of Jesus, a brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life. Jesus spent the majority of their time among the very people this bill seeks to exclude. And it is dangerous. What will this majority do after they pass this bill and it's signed into law? When business owners, based on their sincerely held religious beliefs, refuse to do business with some bigoted, evangelical Christian. This bill continues the process of dividing West Virginia against itself, and as Abraham Lincoln said, a house divided against itself cannot stand. Do not pass this ugly, shameful bill. Stop spitting on Jesus and their teachings. I felt pretty good about that. And I did a couple of things along the way that uh, uh, there were uh, the good God fear and upstanding Bible believe in Christ centered evangelical fundamentalist homosexual Christians, the Republicans, were a little squirmy. And. I'm glad they were. And while other people dealt with other aspects of the bill, and we didn't really, this wasn't, it didn't, it didn't get planned this way. Um, other people talked about what it would do to them, their friends, their loved ones. But the only person who called out why these bills are brought in whether it's West Virginia or Alabama or uh, Tennistan or Arkansas, Taliban-Diana, they've already got theirs. And that was another thing that was pointed out. Uh, the Taliban-Diana RIFRA cost the state of Taliban-Diana millions upon millions upon millions of dollars because organizations that had plans to spend a lot of money in Taliban, Indiana, decided they'd be better off not doing so. But I couldn't help making mention of the fact that these things are all crafted. All of these hate bills on whatever topic are all crafted in legislative chop shops. There's no body, there's no Republican in the in the West Virginia's House of Delegates with the brains to, to, to write something like this reprehensible bill. They, they don't go down there to work. They don't go down there to improve the lives of the people of this state. They go down there to please their masters. They're, they're the same as the dog squatting in front of the speaker in the old RCA uh, logo, his master's voice. They're the dogs, and the record player is the legislative chop shops, whether it's the Family Policy Council or the Family Research Council or the fam. Uh, let's see who... Uh, uh, there's so damn many of them. Focus on the family. Out in Colorado Springs, you know, they, they spread so much hate that eventually uh, some people got slaughtered inside a club not four months ago. 
and as so often has been pointed out, the cruelty is the purpose. But I will say this much. If you have never done something like this, and I don't care that this is, this is without regard to gender or sexuality, if you have never gone and spoken truth to power, to a, 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 to a vile and wicked government, at some point in time you should put it on your bucket list. Because it is... So uplifting. I felt so good Friday evening after that was all said and done. And apparently we all helped each other. Everyone who spoke out helped each other. And there were conversations afterward. Tom Fast tried to stifle the voice of a black woman but a, a profound and powerful member of the House of Delegates, Danielle Walker, stopped him in his tracks and said, uh-uh, no, you ignored her again and made him wait while she spoke. I'm sure he's still stinging about that. So that was that was what I did with my Friday. The rest of the weekend was kind of anodyne, but that was really, really special. And I have a feeling I'll probably be going back uh, if the uh, medical ban gets gets out or, or gets taken up in, in the Senate or if this god-awful piece of garbage sees the light of day in the Senate. Because it feels, I don't know, it feels like a moral necessity. That's really all I can, that's really all I can say. Best explanation that I have. I wish, uh, you know, uh, it is what it is. Uh, thanks, Dave, number 11. May have a minute to check it out while I'm up there. Now, last week, because I have a feeling this is going to turn into a sort of continuing saga, there's a couple of those in the stack. Last week we talked some about how, oh, testicle toasting Tuckio Rose Carlson, he, the defender of American masculinity, and Frau Ingram, and the Hannity job, the life support system for a haircut, all have been exposed in depositions in the, in the Dominion voting case. You know, the one with the multi, uh, with the billion dollar plus ad damnum clause. Even Rupert has to sit up and pay attention when 
the ad damnum clauses in the billions, tens of billions, actually. Well, they all got caught out, we remember, admitting that Nitwit Nero's lies about election fraud were exactly that. He was he, the, the 2020 election was not stolen from him. And the proof is in the pudding insofar as the aforementioned, the aforementioned trio of miscreants admitted as much. But talked about how they had to protect the Fox brand. With testicle toasting Tucky O. Rose Carlson going so far as to say, The stock price has dropped. Whatever shall we do? We gotta save, we gotta save the business. We gotta save the brand. Because, of course, they're not a news operation. Well, now it turns out that Rupert himself has been deposed. And by deposed, I mean he had to swear an oath to tell the truth. And in that deposition, he confessed. The New York Times, among other outlets, reporting that he said, yeah, yeah, um, those folks did endorse the lie that 2020's election was stolen from Trump. And that's kind of a big deal. Now, the question is, will all of this be able to lead to a, uh, lead a jury to the conclusion, well, first a judge and then a jury, that Fox News, TV, Radio Rwanda acted with actual malice? Because that's the standard at work here, assuming, as uh, Steve from New York pointed out, that Dominion Voting Systems is found to be a public, uh, a, 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 a public figure. And I think that's an open question. That's a question that, that probably will be argued to the court. But you got to, you got to, kind of wish I was a fly on the wall. No, who wants to be a fly? I want to be a butterfly on the wall. Just to hear the conversations between the likes of Lachlan Murdoch and Rupert. And Tucky and Hannity Job and Frau Ingram and others about what a bind they're in. I'm not exactly sure of the style of the case, so I'm not I don't know if these if the individual dirtbags the aforementioned are sued personally in addition to their official capacities as employees of Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. But if they are sued individually, and there is a judgment, then once again, it sure would be fun to watch them all fight out who Dominion's going to get the money from. That now, that, None of that's going to happen anytime soon. This thing will have to go all the way to the Supreme Court. And as is always the case with this gang, you know, our most puissant dread sovereign Supreme Catholic Majesties, 
Well, they may just decide to overturn generations of First Amendment precedent. Yeah, or not. I mean, this is, after all, Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. Interestingly, um, move on, you know, the pack has created an ad which they wanted to air on Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. Yeah, Politico with the story, noting that, yeah, they created the ads, and Fox didn't, didn't, didn't want that money. You'll, you'll figure out why pretty quickly. Fox News rejected our TV ad, even though it was filled with their own hosts' and executives' words. Nonsense. Complete BS. Dangerously insane. These are the words that people at Fox News used in private to describe conspiracies around the 2020 election, as a recent lawsuit revealed. Even Fox Corporation chairman Rupert Murdoch called it really crazy stuff. But that didn't stop Fox News from repeatedly platforming election deniers and devoting hours of airtime to plant doubt around Biden's win. We thought Fox News viewers deserved the truth. So we made an ad and tried to place it on primetime Fox News. Fox refused to air the ad. I guess they'd rather keep lying to their audience. Here's the ad they didn't want you to see. Fox News lied to viewers. Quotes from the three I mentioned. Rudy's such an idiot. Well, good for them. I hope it doesn't hurt too little. You know, we can dare to dream. I, I'm going to. I'm going to dare to dream that maybe this could be the, 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 the lawsuit that destroys Fox News TV Radio Rwanda. I'd love that. That would be a beautiful thing. It's an out-there kind of thing to hope for, but, you know, still, why not? Oh, and uh, I had a note. I had a note earlier uh, from our buddy Lee in New York uh, talking about another story in the stack. You probably may have seen this by now. It started last week with an absolutely disgusting racist tirade from Scott Adams, the creator of Dilbert, which I always thought spent a lot of time kicking down instead of punching up. 
I read it some, but not a lot. I never thought Scott Adams was particularly trenchant. My confession, though, this was the note from Lee in New York. Decades ago, I worked in lower Manhattan. For lunch, I would sometimes go to Ruby's Discount Bookstore on the north side of Chamber Street. Humor was a section I would include in my wander. I saw a book, Build a Better Life by Stealing Office Supplies. I bought the book, a first printing, by Scott Adams. I enjoyed the business snark and shared its humor. When the newspaper column and subsequent books of comics were available, I bought and read. There was even a limited edition print with random copies autographed. I bought one and received an, uh, an unsigned copy. I watched the single season of Dilbert when Warner Brothers tried to create a fifth network. The WB. I even bought a book with his personal stories and letters from fans. One story was an employee successfully using the Jedi mind trick. In that book, I got my first glimpse of the person. Scott Adams' doctor sent him for a cancer test. The doctor said that most people come back positive after the test. If the fluid is clear, it's not cancer. Mr. Adams convinced himself that the fluid would be clear. It was. I do not believe that positive thinking changes the outcome. Scott Adams studied psychology and claimed that was why he saw Trump winning in 2016. Maybe Michael Moore and Scott Adams saw things I missed. I always hate being left out of the list of people who saw Trump coming. Because I predicted his victory on this program, too. But Lee says, I still like the comic. I do not care for the person. Well, as of, what, yesterday? Uh, Gannett, which controls some 150 newspapers or so, has dumped Scott Adams and Dilbert after his disgusting racist tirade. As they should. When I th- but when I think about the great cartoonists, uh, when, I, when I think about Berkeley Brethen at Bloom County, or, um, God, the happy hours I spent with Calvin and Hobbes. I'm a, I'm, I'm particularly fan of Ca- a, a fan of Calvin's snowman. Or going way, way back in time, to the Michelangelo of the lot, namely Walt Kelly. Somehow Scott Adams doesn't hold up well against, or, you know, Gary Trudeau, for God's sakes. Walt Walt Kelly just doesn't hold up. I mean, no, Walt Kelly. Scott Adams doesn't hold up. They're all beholden to Walt Kelly, and I think at some point in time each of them has said so. Pogo, you know. We have seen the enemy and they is us. I can't tell if this card is an ace of spades or a piece of jam and bread. Well, you is free to eat it and draw and draw another one. At the height of the uh, communism hysteria creating a parody of the John Birch Society called the Jack Acid Society, 
J-A-C-K-A-C-I-D, the Jack Acid Society. By God, it ran. Yeah, and you can't forget Gary Larson in the far side. That's right, Stephen New York. Scott Adams is nothing compared to these people. I remember buying a gateway computer in the late 90s, and it came with a Dilbert screensaver that just ran random Dilbert characters making noises, saying catchphrases or whatever. And I, I, I learned how to dig down and get the, the, off my computer real fast because it was very annoying. And it was an unforced error. Of course, Scott Adams has been making racist grumblings for a while, but apparently, finally, his his inner monologue just got completely frothing at the mouth loose. Yeah, he's repulsive. And so I'm, I'm, I'm sure now he's already barking and groaning and braying and bleating that He's been a victim of cancel culture. No. He's not a victim of anything. He's dealing with the consequences of his choice to run off at the mouth. What did he say in particular? Well, he does a show online. And, of course, he's been playing the victim card for a while, saying that he's a victim of racism. Yeah, black like Scott Adams. But he does this online video program called Real Coffee with Scott Adams. Huh? This past Wednesday... And... He cited a poll that he claimed shows that nearly half of all blacks are not okay with white people. At which point, Adams said, that's a hate group. It all came from a Rasmussen survey. They asked a thousand American adults about the phrase, it's okay to be white. That phrase is loaded in and of itself because it is a phrase that has been promulgated by right-wing hate groups. And, of course, it originated, where else, on 4chan. And 53% of the black people surveyed said, yeah, that's, that's okay. It's okay, yeah. But curiously, and this just displays the depth of ignorance of some people, of those 1,000 Americans, uh, 79% of respondents agreed with a statement, black people can be racist too. 66% of black people agreed with that. Oh, my God. So much teaching to be done. 
And so Scott Adams then went on to say, there's no fixing racial tensions in America. And then went on to say that America needs to be, to the extent it hasn't already been, resegregated. You know, redlining and all of that fun stuff. Based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the fuck away. Wherever you have to go, just get away, because there's no fixing this. This can't be fixed. Well, it's not going to be fixed by Scott Adams. And forgive me, but my spidey sense is tingling. What a moron. It is Moran Monday, though, isn't it? This smells like a setup. It's like watching an old Jerry Springer clip and going, ah, this is not real. These people were paid to say this goofy shit. Maybe at 65, he's just, well, apparently since he's got real coffee with Scott Adams... Maybe he's tired of maybe he's tired of doodling seven for 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 publications seven days a week. Maybe it's time to follow his bliss and I don't know. Zoom off to what's the whitest country on earth? But this seems deliberately provocative. It seems like a setup. That's not something you just say. Get the hell away from black people. Oh, dear God, he might move to West Virginia. (laughs) Sorry. Idaho. Go to Idaho, Scott. They'll love you there. They got Nazis and everything. You'll fit right in, baby. Yes, thank you, Flavio. Bill Watterson, Calvin and Hobbes, Bill Watterson. And Flavio tells me he's coming out of retirement. He's working on a new project with another author. And Flavio says, no, Scott Adams is very forgettable. Agreed. I think this just provides him a convenient out. And it also guarantees him, if he wants it, I guess, maybe a gig on Fox News TV, Radio Rwanda, or Newsmuck. Or depending on how weird he is, maybe he could get a gig on uh, that, 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 that rickety podcast platform operated by the guy who looks like rancid hot dog water smells. Yeah, you know, Stevie three shirts. Don't know. But apparently, um, Gannett is done with him. And then he doubled down in the same diatribe, claiming. 
I've been identifying as black for a while because I like to be on the winning team, and I like to help. I always thought if you help the black community, that's sort of the biggest lever you could find, the biggest benefit. But it turns out that nearly half of that team doesn't think it's okay, I'm okay to be white. Well, I'm going to re-identify as white now. I don't want to be a member of a hate group that I accidentally joined by, by identifying as black. Dude, that's not edgy. That's just cringe. I'm going to back off from being helpful to black Americans because it doesn't seem like it pays off. The only outcome is that I get called a racist. No, dipshit. You get called a racist when you do racist things. And I guess he was trying to dig his way out when he said, uh, We should be friendly. I'm not saying we should start a war or do anything bad. I'm just saying, get away. <sighs> oh, I did forget another one. Yes, Aaron Magruder and Boondocks. Uh, Scary Jerry saying, uh, Dumbert. During Black History Month, of course. Noting I forgot Aaron Magruder. Most of these white power massa race types, nobody would fuck. Scary Jerry says, I used to love Dilbert. Sad. You hate it, but... There's... It's it, 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 is it a brain worm? Is this that hard to just not bl- make blanket statements about people who have not provided? Oh well. And I don't know why this just popped into my mind. Maybe because I'm guilty of making some blanket statements, you know, about maggots. Who provide evidence? It, one of those freak outfits that tried to make the pandemic ever so much worse. Um, by pushing things like hydroxychloroquine. or wombat antifungal medicine is now, in fact, out there saying that... I'm not kidding. You don't need flu vaccines. All you need is a little bit of wombat paste. Ivermectin has profound antiviral qualities, and it'll stop the flu. Just a little bit between your cheek and gums, and you'll be great. Good God. Eventually, eventually, badger antifungal paste will be the cure. And you know, it's got a delicious apple flavor. It'll be the cure for everything. 
Lumbago acting up, Grandpa. Open wide. Let me rub a little uh, the little badger antifungal paste on you. Yeah, now use a little. Yeah, yeah, scrub it with a little baking powder, and then we'll we'll, we'll put the we'll put the, the the weasel antifungal on your gums. You'll be right as rain. Well, great minds think alike, Flavio. Flavio says, Scott Adams, bingo. The first thing I thought when the Scott Adams story broke was, I feel a grift coming on. A little grifty in the house today, isn't he? Uh, he'll probably go on Fox and Fiends or The War Room railing about cancel culture and shit. Yeah. Well, it's a good dollar, apparently. Railing about cancel culture. <sighs> yeah. Feeling kind of more right, more anic today, without a doubt. I, I guess I'm not one of those people who's going to be particularly affected by this, though, because uh, I never made a point of trying to read Dilbert. But it looks like there's a consensus of, oh, Scott Adams is awful. Which means that he's perfect. Absolutely perfect for the aforementioned Fox News TV radio, radio Rwanda or Newsmuck or his own and the news, that's, the network that spills its news on the ground still on the air. I asked that the other night and I still don't have an answer and it's not worth looking for. Hey, by the way, I didn't even mention it. Uh, when we got started, but the fundraising goal to finish February is tomorrow and today and what was left over from last week. What that boils down to is 730 bucks. Yeah, sorry, I don't have Scott Adams' money. That kind of money. Then again, I wouldn't want it. But we do need to raise 730 bucks so that we will finish February to the good. Or even. That would be fantastic. Because the whole miserable billing cycle starts over again with a brand new month. And there will be wolves to to be kept away from the porch. And we could raise that. Well, it's better than trying to fill fill in holes at the beginning of a brand new month. So all help is good help. No challenges or anything on the table. But that's only 73 people at $10. A lot more people than that listen to this program. And by the way, uh, Brother Deacon, with a request, please, for the love of sweet, feathery baby Jesus, leave some feedback on whatever platform you're listening to this God-blessed show on. Yeah. Oh, and uh, if you're listening on, on TuneIn, by the way, there's a little button with a heart on the player. Click that heart. That would be helpful. Really helpful. So, thanks in advance for that. I have a new thing that I've been 
that I think I'm going to be watching going forward. It looks like Elena Kagan, Supreme Court Justice Elena Kagan, has appointed herself the official needler of Brett Kavanaugh. There was a recent case involving workers' compensation. These things get kind of complex in kind of a hurry. But it boiled down to the fact that uh, a man named Michael Hewitt said that he deserved overtime pay because he often worked 84 hours a week. He worked for an outfit called Helix Energy Solutions... And they paid him a flat rate for every day that he worked. He got paid uh, a little more than $455 a day for what he did. And in the end, it worked out to Helix Energy Solutions' advantage. But nonetheless, over at Slate, Mark Joseph Stern, who does some really, really good Supreme Court analysis, and, and, and he noted that in the footnotes to this case, Elena Kagan, who wrote and, and, and the, 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 the majority must have been quite interesting because Hewitt won. This is Elena Kagan writing a majority opinion. Little dipshit Brett dissented. And, of course, uh, Ann's boy Neil dissented. And this was all about a regulatory scheme. And the question under 29 U.S.C. Section 213A of whether, of what qualifies a bona fide executive capacity, and the Supreme Court found in favor of the guy getting the money he deserved, okay. But Elena Kagan referred to. Uh, Brat Kavanaugh's attempt at legal reasoning as trying to power past the text of the statute with a not quote a non sequitur to end all non sequiturs. But then she, well, then she then she moved in and got ready to deliver the. Uh, the uh, coup de grace, saying, and if all that leaves the tiniest doubt, well, still we are not done. And proceeded to gut brat And then got another needle in, in a footnote, explaining... Uh,
Kavanaugh dissenting, recognizing that the argument may be forfeited, but opining on it anyway. Because there's a rule in appellate practice that says if you have not raised an issue in the courts below, primarily at trial, then you don't get to raise it on appeal, and you damn sure don't get to raise it de novo at the Supreme Court. But as Justice Kagan pointed out, Brat opined on it anyway. I guess he's special like that. But that was a good sign. One, that she found a way, and, and I presume the majority consisted of uh, Katanji Brown-Jackson, Elena Kagan, and Sonia Sotomayor. I'm guessing old balls and strikes John Roberts. And maybe the handmaid? Yeah, I need to check on this. Elena Kagan delivered the opinion of the court in which Roberts and Thomas Sotomayor and the handmaid and Jackson joined. So it was actually a one, two, three, four, five, six. Per, it was a six-three decision. And Kavanaugh's dissent was joined by Sammy Badbreath. Anne's boy Neil wrote by himself because he's a big boy. And here's the bigger deal. It comes out of the 5th United States Circuit Court of Appeals. So this was tried in federal court in some maggot state. It then went to the 5th United States Circuit Court of Appeals, which is the craziest circuit court of appeals in the United States. And then found its way to the Supreme Court, because the employee actually won on the interpretation of the statute. He sued under the Fair Labor Standards Act of 1938. That's the law that guarantees overtime. That feels a little bit seismic. But more than anything else, I think I enjoy seeing Brat get skewered. Oh, thanks for that. Uh, coming in from uh, Nipper over on Twitter. Uh, uh, Onan, the network that spills its news upon the ground, got dumped by DirecTV trying to extort higher fees from DirecTV's 13 million customers of which only 140,000 watched Onan. Appreciate that, yeah. I know they, I guess, I, I, knew, I knew that they had gotten dumped. I just didn't know if they were still a going concern at all.
And I wanted to mark a kind of a grim anniversary. It is indeed grim. It, it remains heartbreaking. It was uh, 51 years ago yesterday that down in Logan County, West Virginia. Sorry about that. Down in Logan County, West Virginia, it had, similarly to how it is right now, it had rained and rained and rained. Rain seemingly unending. And eventually the rain was too much. And on uh, up Buffalo Creek, up at the head of Buffalo Creek in a holler where a coal company owned by Pittston Energy well that dam made of dirt and rock holding back toxic coal waste gave way and sent a wall of toxic waste roaring down the Buffalo Creek holler. It was 132 million gallons of water and a million gallons of toxic coal sludge. hundred and twenty five people died. Four thousand people were left homeless. Arch Moore, the father of Shelley Moore Capito, the junior senator of West Virginia, uh, Arch Moore tried to make sure that journalists couldn't get in to report on the damage in Buffalo Creek, even going as far, according to some accounts, as to ordering the West Virginia National Guard to shoot members of the Fourth Estate. Because, of, our, uh, of course, Arch Moore was the most corrupt man ever to, ever to occupy the governor's office of West Virginia, and quite possibly the most corrupt man ever to hold a political office in this state. He was so goddamn crooked. Uh, when, they, uh, when he died, they had to bury him standing up. And so he was going to protect the, his beloved coal industry that was paying him off with all those sweet, sweet, sweet bags of money for which he later went to federal prison. You know, club fed for a while. And he was doggedly determined that no one should ever know what that coal company had done. 
again, 133 million gallons. 51 years later, the people who run the state of West Virginia have learned precisely nothing. Because 133 million gallon sludge dam is a pissant sludge dam by modern standards. So rather than make sure that another one, another Buffalo Creek never happened, they did their devil, dead level best to make sure that the next one was going to be even more spectacular and more deadly. And so 51 years after Buffalo Creek, uh, down close to the county line between Raleigh County and Boone County, there's another similar dam. And it holds back 2.8 billion gallons of toxic waste. By the way, it's leaking. Always has. Always has been. We counted them up one time. There's well over 100 of these things uh, throughout southern West Virginia, mostly southern West Virginia. The granddaddy of them all, though, well, that's in Raleigh County, county next to mine. The 2.8 billion gallon affair is at Ed White. The other dam, though, is actually bigger than that great big monument to human ingenuity near Las Vegas. The only thing is, whereas that one's made of concrete, this one is again made of mud and dirt and rock. And it holds back something like 9.8 billion gallons. 9.8 billion gallons of toxic waste. The engineering reports... Well, the engineering reports make abundantly clear that when that one goes... There will not be a living thing left alive as it courses down the Coal River Valley. Wall of toxic waste somewhere between 40 and 60 feet high through towns that don't have any four to six story buildings. It'll hit a state police barracks, it'll hit a head start. And so while these solons of our state government bray and bleat and grunt and hoot and bark about religious freedom and genital mutilation, they don't give a tinker's damn about the real threats to life and limb in this state. You know, the coal companies at whose feet they worship. If hungry people in this state, a lot of people in this state are about to be hurt 
by seeing their EBT, or what we used to call food stamps, cut back to almost nothing. But the Republicans don't really care much about that either. Because there's not some right-wing hate group legislative chop shop filling their pockets to spend legislative time on it. Here we are. We are. Buffalo Creek and its progeny, Steve in New York says, as my grandpa always said, the rich take away and the poor get took. That's the truth. That's the truth. And by the way, I have philorobstered for well over an hour now. Uh, it's been a while since any of us talked. If anybody would like to get involved in the conversation. New callers are always welcome. Old friends as well. But if you'd like to get involved in the conversation, I encourage you so to do. Easy to reach the program. The Skype Skype number is still, regrettably, Bob Kincaid Horn, B-O-B-K-I-N-C-A-I-D-H-O-R-N. The stress line comes through at 844-843. 4676844-the-horn-and-nobody nobody on either one of them right now, so if you'd like to be first in line, jump right in. And you know, again, we're trying to trying to catch up with the end of last week that would be 130 bucks and there's 300 for tonight and 300 for tomorrow that closes out the month of February and leaves us in a position of not having to close a February deficit with the beginning of March all help is appreciated And since there's been mention of Fox News TV Radio Rwanda this evening, and, of course, Frau Ingram, who happily catapulted the lies of Nitwit Nero and his uh, weird little minions, Rudy and the Kraken Lawyer and what have you. I've got a clip here from uh, Frau Ingram actually taking down and when I saw the headline I was like, oh, i got to stop and listen to this. Laura Ingram shreds Marjorie Taylor Greene's call for a national divorce. Huh. For a minute there I thought, hmm, well, I mean, did, did even a blind hog finds an acorn now and then. Yeah, I should have known. Get the hockey puck. Taylor Greene, a congresswoman for a few years now, has called for something akin to a national divorce. Red states could choose and uh, how they allow people to vote in their states. What I think would be something that some red states could propose is, well, okay, if, 
if Democrat voters uh, choose to flee these blue states where they cannot tolerate the living conditions, they don't want their children taught these horrible things, and they really change their mind on the types of policies that they... Don't want their children taught these horrible things. You know, like not treating people like shit based upon the color of their skin. Be sure. Or place of national origin. Intolerable. Support. Well, once they move to a red state, guess what? Maybe you don't get to vote for five years. Yep, that's 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 marginal trader, uh, mar marginal trailer queen. Uh, Socks just uh, Socks Ortiz just decided to make an appearance. Hey, buddy. One gets the idea that with marginal trailer queen, of course, the Constitution is an inconvenience at best, and she would just rather be. Queen of America. Right? Yeah. So, Constitution be damned. But so far in that clip, <laughs> granted we're only 38 seconds into it, It almost sounds like Laura Ingram is doing the right thing. Silly, 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 Robin. Of course not. It gets worse. Okay, well, first, a law prohibiting American citizens who've not committed a crime from voting would probably not withstand legal scrutiny. And second, how would this, like a national... Uh, notice how Frau Ingram who I'm pretty sure has a law degree, says it probably wouldn't keep people, it probably wouldn't be constitutional to stop people from voting. She had to put the adverb in there to keep Emery and Marveline happy while they're bouncing up and down on their matching, matching barca loungers down there in the ballerina Swan Lake trailer court and country club. You have to put the probably in just to give them hope. divorce be good for conservatism. Now, why would we want to embrace the states that gave us Jimmy Carter and Bill Clinton? But it's yeah, Of course, there had to be some hate in there. Why would we want to embrace the states that gave us Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter? The states that, you know, voted for those two men. Frankly, I find equating Bill Clinton and Jimmy Carter kind of gross. Uh, Tom and Sonny San Rafael, MTQ. And how exactly does she propose to know how someone votes in order to deny them? Well, there is that problem, isn't there, Tom? Maybe, you know, lasers can, I, I think, you know, light can carry data. Maybe the Jewish space lasers will just read the, trans, uh, the, the, the wireless transmissions from the corrupted voting machine. That, I don't know. This is one of those, you know, rot gut tequila stories. Essentially, give up on the states that gave us Reagan and Trump. Imagine if Youngkin had given up on Virginia. Or if Republicans on Long Island gave up on New York. 
Well, if Republicans in New York on Long Island had given up on New York, we wouldn't have uh, <sighs> George DeVolder, Anthony Santos, Queen Theodosia of Constantinople, but here we are. The last thing we need is an American breakup of any sort. Remember, a motto of this show, almost from the start, over five years ago. You know, when they had to run off uh, falafel boy O'Reilly. Has been no state left behind. Just because it, it often seems like Democrats have given up on America themselves, doesn't mean ever that Republicans or conservatives should. Can I translate? Right, the right wing is not going to stop trying to make America as the rest of America as nasty as the Confederacy is under any set of circumstances. I've been saying this for years. The states that think that they are blue, 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 y'all aren't safe when they've got you nice and isolated and there's nothing left but you. They'll come for you too. They picked the low-hanging fruit first. Then the Koch brothers came along and they went after the century-long tradition of brilliant progressivism that was in Wisconsin. The Wisconsin idea. Well, that good ship has sailed. Sunk. They don't quit. And, of course, Democrats have not given up on America. We're trying to make America a better place to live for everybody. You know, not just white ladies who make millions of dollars lying for Fox. White women. I don't know if she's a lady. They should not. I'm certainly not willing to give up on the states that gave us Sinatra, John Wayne, or that... What? Sinatra and John Wayne? You know, we. The, the, I don't think there's a better example of Fox News TV Radio Rwanda knowing its demographic than that right there. Sinatra, New Jersey, and John Michael Marion Morrison, John Wayne, notorious bigot, uh, who was a Californian, so we're not going to give up on New Jersey. We're not going to... I mean, New Jersey had Chris Christie once. Hopefully New Jersey has gotten past that. One never knows. It'll be interesting to talk to folks when I make my first official trip to New Jersey here in a little under a month. Welcome my grandparents from Poland. They're good, hard-working people. Wait, Ingram's a Polish name? Oh, shut up, Robin. In Illinois, in New York, and in California, Washington State, who don't want to move and who are looking for new leadership. So let's give it to them. <laughs> yeah, they'll give it to you, all right. <sighs> These people... And the funny thing is, if you know, whatever right wingers are out there, braying and barking and grunting and hooting in Washington State or Oregon, 
they're also at the same time living a pretty damned good life because those states have competent government. Same goes for New Jersey. And I know for a fact, ah, you thought I forgot, didn't you, Darlene? I know for a fact that there are some weirdo maggots and right-wingers in Connecticut. But it's pretty good to be in Connecticut. Weirdo right-wingers in Rogues Island. But fortunately, there are more decent people, and consequently, both states have decent government. It's the outnumbering and the gerrymandering and the voter suppression that makes the difference in Texas-Stan and Alabama, Tennis-Stan and the like. People being outnumbered and lied to and internalizing their own self-disgust. And, oh, I'm a proud Alabama conservative. Yeah, okay. I, I, I thought conservatives used to, like, conserve things. Right? Yeah, maybe. Maybe not anymore. Keep organizing. Keep registering people to vote. Keep taking your ivermectin. Keep drinking your pee. Keep walking around with onions in your socks. Yeah. Don't get any vaccines now. Oh, by the way, by the way, Friday, it really was. It was a lovely evening. Among other things, I met new people, people who came up to me and said, thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. And I was like, no, thank you. Some younger queer folk came up to me and said, you're our hero. I said, no, 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 you're mine. You're mine. You're the ones who are going to change this state for the better. And I want to be here to see it happen. Don't lose your fire. Don't lose your passion. But, yeah, toward the end of it all... Uh, One of those people who signed up to speak in favor of the bill said, Did you know that West Virginia is one of the only seven states that provide no exemptions for people to not have to get their children vaccinated? Where's the religious freedom in that? And while while everybody was pretty well behaved, we just kind of audibly, there was a sort of a... (sighs) A sigh of, you know, we thought we'd get through this without full-blown maggot crazy, but no, no, there's always one, there's always one, and that's why we can't have nice things. Great googly moogly. Uh, thank you, Darlene. Nice to know you're there, dear. I got a, I got a lull from Darlene. I can learn. And uh, uh, Stephen New York says, giving up on the United States? Remind me which states are the ones who support the red states. Well, there's that. There's the giver states and the taker states. And that's why they want to go ahead and take over the whole country and turn it into a fascist autocratic dictatorship. Because then they'll get all that sweet, tasty tax money. And they can watch roads get worse in places like New York and Illinois. 
Pennsylvania and give it all to Alabama and Mississippi, Stan. Get right. Okay, that's that. Why is my cowbell out of reach? Damn it. Oh, well, you get a cowbell, Steve. Uh, question for Marginal Trailer Queen. Is it true that you're so dense that light bends around you? <laughs> oh, God, I, always, yeah, I love a little bit of physics humor in the program. And thank you very kindly to uh, Ralph. Ralph says, I'm offering a $25 challenge for Frau Ingram shredding, sort of, Mar Marjorie Taylor Green." Thank you. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you so very much. I had a feeling that I had a feeling there was a reason I hung on to that clip of Frau Ingram. God, I want that I want that case to be I want the Dominion case to be tried to a jury. I want that so badly. Uh, as for judgment in favor of Dominion, Steve said, you know what it'd be just as good as a money judgment? A requirement that they play a disclaimer at the beginning of every show on Fox that their news is not in fact and that the viewers should see it as purely for entertainment purposes. Yeah, kind of like how it was when I was a teenager, late whatever, and would go to the head shop. You know, you need a new bowl. You need, maybe you need some screens. Papers. And there's a little label under the glass on the counter that says... All of these things are novelty items only and are not sold for actual use. We weren't buying novelty items. We had bad Mexican ditchweed to smoke, damn it. Oh, the seeds. <laughs> Never mind. I'm a better person now. But yeah, the same thing with Fox News. This is not an actual news program. If you're looking for an actual news program, turn away. I like that. Of course, I don't know. I don't think a court would have the jurisdiction to do that. Do you, Steve? Okay, let's run over to the uh, stress line, see who we got. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello? Hello? Hello. Yeah, Jeremy, how are you? Oh, pretty good. How are you? Ah, uh, okay-ish. Well, I'm going to take it to a place that some people aren't going to like, but screw them. That's my choice. Oh. Um, this weekend, I was reading the Facebooks, and I noticed that NBC posted something, which I get the feeling more and more they do it to cause controversy. You cause arguments and... You mean clickbait? And harsh. Clickbait? Sort of. It wasn't quite clickbait. It was just a simple story about Dwayne Wade and Grabber and Glacius' uh, son now gone. Yeah, I saw that story. I thought it was kind of beautiful. It is. I made the mistake of reading the comments. Oh, Jeremy, never and go into the comments. People... I thought we'd been over this. <laughs> well, it drew me in because I went in. And um, people are saying, oh, my God, it's a life-changing decision because she filed to have her name and pronouns changed. Nothing else. Not a goddamn thing else. 
and people lost their minds. And all I'm praying for, she is not the third person makes this life long decision. Oh, this is going to ruin her life. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I commented to some lady and just said, hey, you realize that uh, this is a long process. It takes years. And she put up the article that both you and I saw this fall. The hit piece from the quack doctor with a couple of detransitioners. We both know, and I'm probably right about saying, he's back in the closet by religion and nothing else. And shame by their families. And she cited that article saying, see, in some states it takes just two visits and your hormones and your sex change. Sure it does. <laughs> I'm not as poetic as you are, and I may have said some stuff, and it invoked, I will pray for you to get the devil sins out of you, from the same place I commented to. Did you use the words that go, uh, some of which go back to ancient Anglo-Saxon and some of which go back to medieval French? Did you use those words? It can also, yes, they can also talk about medieval prostitution. Lots of fun words I used. I'm sick of these morons. I, I almost can't contain myself sometimes. Because in the end, when they come for one, they come for us all. And maybe I'm not on the same road as, say, you, Harry is, but in a lot of ways I am. I'm still one of you. And it just still will affect me to some degree someday. Well, sure. And it's just... Anything, it, it, anything, that's, taken, anything that's taken away... Is going to have an impact, right? And just the vast amount of hate that's thrown our ways for no reason other than I want to say the Bible is ridiculous and fear. I, I don't. <laughs> and again, you say, "Well, they're pushing their life on us." Who's pushing what life on who? I've never said someone has to live their life. I've always seen as you don't like gay marriage. Okay, don't get married. Don't like sex Don't get a sex change. I mean, don't 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 agree with abortion. End, don't get an abortion. Exactly. In the end, I've always said I will I will fight to my death to protect your right to believe in whatever the hell you want to believe in. Just don't force it on me. And we'll be friends. And I won't force my beliefs on you. We'll just go our own ways and live our own lives. But these. This one segment of people, not to make a small point about this, but it's the Christian right who are really against this. Really, really the ones forcing on this. It's like the abortion flop in the street court, same idea. It's the same group of people doing this. Sure it is. It was 20 years ago, you couldn't fuck with the gays. Now we're the ones who are going to mess with them as long as they can. Yeah. And, and of course, there's reasons for that, Jeremy. One of which is... To quote the late great prophet, peace be upon him, Bill Hicks, it's a good dollar. There's all of this donor money that rolls into these these tax-exempt chop shops. Yep. And they got to spend it somewhere, and they're going to spend it naturally on hate. It's who they are. And you can you can look. I mean, if you've got a long enough view, and I know your I know your birthday, so. Um, long view. <laughs> but the thing is, long about the time you were busy getting born, 
Jerry Falwell was launching the weaponization of of, of, of of evangelical Christianity. And he did it in the name of Ronald Reagan, a man who was notoriously not a Christian, but damn sure willing to use them. It's the same thing. Jimmy Carter, no one can question his faith. George W. Bush, George W. Bush, the the guy barely ever darkened the doorway of a church. The same thing. The same thing with Nitwit Nero. Same thing with Reagan. Same thing with the uh, Pappy Bush. But remember how they slimed Barack Obama for going to for going to a church of his choosing in Chicago. Remember Reverend Jeremiah Wright. Yeah, sure. Well, can't forget his name. It's burning in my mind. Yeah. This is, you know, th- this, this is this is the way forward that they found starting about, oh, the day after the 1964 presidential shellacking of Barry Goldwater. And they have worked it and worked it and worked it. And this is a very dark time. But I think, I, I want to dare to dream that there is a better day coming if we work for it, if we want it badly enough, if we will stand up for each other. I don't think we'll have to work as hard as you which is important, I think, in a lot of ways. The next generation has shown me a lot of promise. Through my eyes of my own two uh, nieces, and even other people around their age, they don't tolerate this bullshit. Regardless of what their parents like, they don't believe in this crap. Church, maybe, but they don't believe in this outright hate towards people they don't understand or outright bigotry towards anyone because of color, race, sex, whatever you name it. They don't believe in this stuff. Then again, it's also taught. <laughs> if your family members preach it, you might follow along with it. Well, the thing, but, and, and see, the, part, of the, part, of the, part of the reason these, these, these right-wing chop shops are so adamant about not having anything mentioned in school at all is because this younger generation, the ones who are in high school right now, they've been going to school together for the, enti- the entirety of their little lives, and they know who each other is, are, and they are friends regardless. They care about each other regardless. And they've grown up in a world of social media that is filthy with bullying. And so they've learned to defend themselves and protect each other because they see that the grown-ups simply won't. And that's going to be hard for the right wing to overcome. And they do inspire me. I saw all those young people a week ago today in the in the Capitol in Charleston. Oh my gracious sakes alive. God, what an inspiration. They came into the rotunda. The, they came into the rotunda of the Capitol and they were every color and every gender. And every sexuality. But they knew that they had to be there for each other. And they can't vote yet, but they will soon. 
and they will make a difference. And they know who their friends are, they know who their allies are, and they know the and they know who the grown-ups are that they can trust. And it's beautiful. Well, I can tell you I know things about my oldest niece, which are similar to you and I, but a different letter. And uh, I know them, and I respect them. She does not know about me because it's too big for her to know them. For her and I both. But that gives me hope. But the last couple of things I did say to these people are, number one, your assumption that everyone that's in this rainbow is automatically gay is very wrong. Not even close. And my second thing was, with every last one of the people in there, I said, you all know someone like us. I didn't say me, but from this community, you all know somebody. But they keep their mouth shut because of people like you. Right, that was one of the things. I actually ran out of time on Friday. I only got a minute and a half. And I couldn't talk quite fast enough. But I had a couple of more things I wanted to point out to them that I have reason to suspect are actually true. One being that Charleston, West Virginia, is like number 14 in the country for transgender porn searches. Which is a hell of a thing on a list that's got Atlanta and Houston you know, big cities on it. But I desperately wanted to look at them and say, you boys might want to clear your browser histories. And the other thing is that something I'm also convinced of, that somewhere in that, because we've got it, we've got pre, we've got an example from a couple of years ago. There was a Republican member of the House of Delegates who couldn't stand the hell of the closet anymore, and he stepped out into the light of day and said, I'm gay. And that's when he pretty much stopped being a member of the House of Delegates anymore. Because there's no room for gay people in the House of Delegates. And there are closeted gay guys in the Republican majority now who really, really, really can't come out. Even though at least one of them is an open secret. But really, really can't come out. Well, in the community, when you're part of this unique community that you are, we learn to listen real well for our survival. If nothing else, you because of your job, but especially because of who you've been all your life. I have that ability, and I can tell you in my own personal life, besides you, I've met three other people like me, just passing in life. And the moment I looked at them, I saw something in their eyes, and I knew something was different. I'll be goddamn. They're just like me. Yeah. It's a hell of a thing. I mean, we yeah, we, de- we develop recognition and self-protection mechanisms, and sometimes, yeah, sometimes, sometimes the vibe does, you know, you know, if there's gaydar, there's transponders. All I gotta say is there's a lot more of us out there than people will ever recognize. We've been here since the dawn of time. We're nothing new. Right. I mean, there's the emperor, there's the emperor Elagabalus. Might yeah. Might want to look the emperor up. And again, you know, right. with all the, with all the with all the Bronze Age ignorant proscriptions again. And thou shalt not put on the raiment of a wall man. Yada yada yada. Never did figure out how the raiment differed. They were all dresses. Nobody had invented pants yet. 
but you only put that. You only make that rule if somebody already is. I got a scooter on. I'm going to call coming in from my employee, so I'll talk to you later. All right, take care, Jeremy. Good to hear from you, my friend. Bye now. My buddy Jeremy calling from Vermont. Holy moly! Uh, thank you, thank you, Shorty. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, happy today, family, Shorty says. Solidarity never ends. Just as planet Earth screams, people on Earth are screaming too. Pay it forward to the scream. How do you know it? Uh, how do we know it's screaming? Greed lives as poverty. Hate is modifying love. Listen and learn. And we are done fundraising for the month of February, Shorty. Thank you. Thank you. You amaze me. You amaze me. Shorty said, smooches to all. Smooches back, Shorty. Wow. Wow. Uh, Let's keep it rolling. Uh, Hey, welcome to the program. Hello. Hello. Tracy, hey. Yes, hey, how are you? Finest frog hair split four ways. Oh, okay. Well, you know, we're still in the... Yesterday, we actually had a day with no rain. And then they said it wasn't probably going to rain again until tomorrow night. They lied. And, yeah, that was a lie. <laughs> it was a lie. I'm, but the good news is it's not storming anywhere near as bad as it was over the weekend and Friday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Um, well, can you tell me, does Bernadette, does Bernadette have power yet? Yes. Well, when I talked to her yesterday. She did have power yesterday afternoon, and she, we were on the phone, and she had to go. So I didn't. I haven't talked to her this morning. I haven't talked to her today, but she did have power when I spoke to her yesterday. Thank heavens! I, I saw the, I saw the pictures of the snow there in Humboldt, and it was like, damn. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but see, you know, I call Bernadette a, the pioneer woman. Because mm-hmm. I, I already told her, I already told her, when the zombie apocalypse hits, I'm driving straight to her house. Because she has a garden, she she does, she has provisions and all sorts of stuff. And I, I you know, because I don't know, I don't know nothing about no, you know, camping and all that kind of stuff. And so I'm like. You did not know. You did not just, you did not just yes, Butterfly McQueen in that. I, yes, I did. I did, I did, I did. Yes, I surely did. Mm-hmm. Because I can. But, yeah, no, I told her. I'm Miss Scarlet, Miss Scarlet, I don't know nothing about no camping. No, 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 no prepping, no, all that, no, no, no. So when the zombie apocalypse hits, we've already made the arrangement, you know. Uh, I have. We have already made the arrangements. Uh, you know, I'm going straight to her house because, baby, we just gotta get. It. She has. But you can't get there on one tank of gas. No, no. See, that's the problem. So you're gonna have to. You're, you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to keep some gas cans filled. Yeah, damn it. Plum dangerous, but you know what? Oh well. 
So yeah, no, I'm just I'm just reeling over everything that's been happening lately. Um the assault on the poor, uh, how today is it was it today that they were hearing arguments in the Supreme Court about um the constitutionality of whether Biden can give you know that little bit of ten thousand dollars depending mm-hmm. like, yeah that was today okay and it, what was what happened well I mean it was just arguments there's no decision but but okay. I found it I found it somewhat hilarious that the state of Missouri was claiming we will be irreparably harmed because we service more student loan debt than anybody than any other state in the union and that's going to affect Missouri's tax dollars. Because if people ain't paying debt, if people aren't in debt, Missouri suffers. Right. So, hey, how about this? Why not, I don't know, tax people who have money? How about that? How about taxing, I don't know, if, if I'm pretty sure they have a couple of multi-millionaires or two in Missouri. You know, there's people of means there. Stop. Love how you said Missouri. Yes. You know, uh, I did I ever tell you that that's where my father's family's from? Yes. Okay. You got you yeah. got some show me in you. Yes, I surely do. I've never been. I have. Don't no plan to go. to go. Don't plan to go. Uh, I mean, unless I do run up on family and um, I can meet people, you know, my folks, because I really don't know. I don't know, Jack. I, okay. Bottom line is I don't really know anything about either side of my, par- my either parents' family because as anybody who is black knows, uh, we can only go so far back, and the older folks, did not speak about what it was like when they were growing up. I have no, you know, and then once I found out why, you know, I had, you know, it wasn't until I went back to school and started taking black studies, why people, you know, old folks did not talk about what it was like in the South because of the horror. I recently found out that my great-grandfather and his brothers, the Jones boys, basically left Shreveport, Louisiana, because they were literally running for their lives because of an altercation that they had with a white boy. And so they had to leave the whole kit and caboodle because, you know, this thing called lynching. So they had to leave. But see, these are stories that I would, it was just, uh, somebody mentioned it, uh, I think it was my mom, a few months back. But it was these these whispers that we didn't know about and why we had to leave these states. You know, I I still have no, I can go, as I can only go back as far, I can go back as far as my great-great-grandmother on my mother's side. Um, Mama Pearl, because I actually spent time with her in Shreveport when I was a little girl. 
And so I can go back that far, but no further, because we didn't really, again, I have no clue. No clue. And it it saddens me that this history is gone. If I hadn't known then what I know now, especially because I was older when my grandparents, when my great-grandfather and my great-grandmother died, I was in my, I was a teenager. I was first year in college, actually. But of course, like I said, nobody talked to their great grandparents. Well, actually, like I said, my great grandparents weren't all that, you know, vocal. But you know, that's neither here nor there. But anywho, back to the the screwing over of poor people. So you got these people, and I just don't understand. Why? I mean, of course, I understand why people vote for why white people vote for these people. It's because you know whiteness, and they're dying for their whiteness. They 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 rather you know have no health care, no decent paying jobs, um, no you know chance for um, you know a right for uh, uh, living wage or decent housing. Because, you know, stuff like health care and housing and all these other things are not a privilege. They are a, they, it's a humanitarian thing. It should be a right. It should be a right. As I drive through, uh, like I'm on my way to, you know, doing my school run, and I drive through so many different uh, areas of Los Angeles just during my school run. And I'm looking at these, you know, places that are, I go from Inglewood to L.A., Mid-City, Hollywood, Hancock Park, and just on this one route, the the gap of poverty and wealth. And it's disgusting. I mean, look, I'm fully aware that we live in, you know, capitalism and all this, but at what capitalism is not sustainable. It is not because how many poor people, how many people have to remain poor in order to support the billionaire class, Robin? Oh God. Uh, I actually saw a clip uh, from some odious bastard in maybe, um, Marioli Engeland on an interview program bragging that what is it one one billionaire has the wealth of something like thirty two million poor people in the world. I mean, don't quote me, but it was it was some outrageous number. And the thing is, right. that is that is a cost of support. That's not an economic miracle. But right. the but the white man was like, I'm very. I say I'm very proud of that. Everyone should try to be that wealthy. Oblivious to the fact that it's basically human sacrifice. Oh, and I've just got a note. I think I've got Ber- I think I've got Bernadette over on the stress line. Is that you, Bernadette? Hello, Nathan. Can you hear me? I can. I just called the late note. Yeah, that's Bernadette. <laughs> At the moment, I do, I do have electricity. <laughs> At the moment, has it been has it been hit or miss? 
Um, just as I was getting dressed to go push the button on my coffee maker this morning, it went out. So it came back on a few hours later. So um, I was able to make coffee. I have a uh, uh, French press. It's really nice. So got a couple of decent cups of coffee in. But, you know, my first words out of my mouth was, motherfucking motherfuckers, pg <laughs> they got me before I got caught. How many? How many? How many people? How many people are out of power in your county? See if you know. Oh, there's thousands. There's thousands. Um, and it's hit or miss. I mean, a hummingbird can sneeze and your power goes goes out. You know, so um, it's hit or miss. It's on for a few hours. It's off for a few hours, uh, days at a time. Well, apparently the cell service isn't much um, better. Um, can you not hear me? Well, I can change things. Oh, you're breaking up a little bit. Okay. Speaker, speaker, speakers, speakers, speakers tend to break it up. Bluetooth tends to break it up too. Uh oh, did you lose it? No. Is this better? Uh, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. Okay. That's what I could do. I'm so glad yeah. to hear you, George. It's like I'm doing good right now. We're warm. Is the heater on? My son made a nice... The heater is working. Um, we got supplies. I got water, extra water. Um, because when my lights go out, I cannot pump water. And so we got extra water on hand. So you're on a well? Um, we have heat. We have, um, yes. Actually, it's a spring. It's, it's a artesian spring. So oh, wow. Really, really fresh. Yes. And um, uh, I have everything that I need right now, and I don't have to go out in this stuff. The kids are off from school and work, and so they're playing video games and um, fun and, and Daddy time, that's great. Um, they're eating me out of house and home. So it's good he made a supply room yesterday. But um, I don't plan on going anywhere. I'm right here for the duration of this stuff. And my concern is for the people that live on the street and tents and um, don't have heat, don't have um, a way to stay dry because this snow is very wet. And it's very cold. And um, I have a lot of concern for the people on the street right now. But, Robin, I do want to say, I heard you speak on your speech the other day. Girl, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for standing up. Thank you. Not only for yourself, but for many, many others. And um, and I'm here to prop you up, girl. Thank Absolutely. you, Bernadette. That's so kind. It felt like time yes. well spent. Good, good. We missed you. I missed you. And, um, you know, I didn't know that you were going to make that speech, but I'm, I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did. Because um, if you don't stand up for yourself and for others, um, they're coming after us all. And and I'm not gay. Uh, I'm not any of the, the letters. I'm just a black woman in America trying to survive on a daily basis. And... Um, 
but I support you guys. I support you and Jeremy. I love you, bruh. You know I do. Um, but don't be scared to speak your truth, bruh. Don't, don't be scared. Cause, um, you're just doing you at this time. And if they don't like them, fuck them. It's my model. Fuck Feed them, them fish heads. Off. Feed them fish heads. Right. Hey. <laughs> right. Um, excuse my language, but you know, I just have no tolerance for people's stupidity nowadays. Um, they piss me off. Well, so, I, I do, I, I do, I, I do want, I do want, I do want, I do want to say thank you again for all the help you have provided, particularly to Annette. Um, she, it, it's, it's one Honey, of the, that is my pleasure, and and um, I heard you mention with Scary Jerry the other day. You guys were talking about me. My ears were burning. Um, I love that. Sorry, it's so funny. Um, it's okay. It's okay. Uh, me and you, we have to have a conversation off air so we can talk about things, all right? Okay, so, okay. And you're still in my heart, still in my mind. Thank so. you. Yeah, okay. Annette, yeah. Annette, rec- Annette recently found out that, uh, she, like, those little flanges on your backbones, you know? Yeah. They're called spondles? Yeah. Apparently she's broken a yes. couple of them off. Um, oh! Yeah, and so it hurts. Oh gosh, that that just hurts you saying that. Okay. Oh God, I We'll talk soon, sweetie. Okay. Okay. Okay, that's fine. But uh, no, I, I I had to I had to ask Tracy how you were doing because you know, we hadn't really talked. And believe you me, sometimes I get the idea that Humboldt is very much like where I am, only with younger mountains. Yes, and you probably and so. you and you've probably got power lines strung on toothpicks through the woods. Um, worse than that because they haven't taken care of these damn lines for fifty freaking years. Yeah, there mm-hmm. we go. That that it sounds about right. And so all 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 it takes is yeah, all it takes is one ice laden tree, and then boom, you know, five thousand people are out of power. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and that is happening to us on a daily. I mean, there are millions and millions of power lines running through these mountains up here, okay? And um, and like you said, uh, once they get packed with snow, and they're packed with snow right now, uh, five minutes later, you're out of power. And it could be days before they figure out where the where it's broken. Because you know, it's so. hard to get in some places. They might even they might even have some idea based, you know, back at the central office, but it's hard to get to. And I don't know if um, uh, you know Dave. Dave, Dave number eleven is they there in helicopters home. to fly the line. They use helicopters to fly the line. Yeah. just to investigate the lines because they cannot get to the majority of them. Okay. Have you ever seen one of those helicopter operated tree saws? Yes, those I have. Things, Not those in th- my area, but I have seen them. Those things are trippy. I've, I've seen I've seen them up yeah. uh, uh, around here. Uh, but I was going to say, Dave number eleven uh, is not too awfully far from you. And I wonder, yeah. I wonder if he's, I wonder if he's got power. Dave, time to write in. And I had a note um, from our dear sister Judy. You know, if you don't have power. 
try to get into one room, heat that one room if you can. Yep. Um, buddy heaters are safe to use inside. They take the little green canisters of propane. They are indoor proof. Um, do it safely. Um, I have a, uh, indoor propane heater. Um, we try to do it safely. Definitely keep lots of airflow going on. Um, but it's a very large room that I'm trying to heat. But I'm only, and when the power is out, I'm only trying to heat one room in my house. And we all hunker down in there. So, you know. We know a little bit about hunkering um, here, and I know about buddy heaters, and I know yeah. about those little one pound propane yeah. cylinders. One of the best things that ever yep. happened was when uh, our buddy Tom and Sonny San Rafael sent me a refillable, reusable propane cylinder for those things. So you can yes. you can actually fill yep. it out of a 20-pound cylinder. And it makes yep. it a little, cheap, makes it a little, little cheaper. Yeah. Yep. Yes, it does, because it's cheaper to buy it in bulk. So one thing about it around here was that if the lights go out, the places that pump propane can't because they have no electricity to run the pump. Precisely. Same thing so, happens with the gas can, stations. And... Yeah, exactly. It gets messy. So. Well, I wanted to share a note with you, uh, from with you both from uh, uh, first from Jude in the Great Northwest, a little bit north of you. Uh, your current mm-hmm. interchange on the extremes, wealth versus poverty. Jude says, "Yeah, yes, driving through areas in our own community, seeing and feeling the plight of our homeless is unbearable. It renders me with a sense of hopelessness, and permeates when I'm in my home, seeking to be, seeking out to be of service." Yeah, when you when you ha- you know when you have a fully functioning conscience, it can be it can be really difficult. It's like the signature line that I still have on uh, one of my email accounts. Um, trying to find, I know I can I don't have it entirely committed to memory, but let's see there it is. Kurt Vonnegut said a normal person functioning well on the upper levels of a prosperous industrialized society can hardly hear his conscience at all, and that's very true. True indeed. Um, And, by the way, uh, Scary Jerry wrote in, Hey, Tracy and Bernadette. Um, two Two mind memes I collected over the weekend. Infinite growth on a finite planet are the hallmarks of a cancerous organism. Yeah. It's weird. I've been saying that for about 20 years. And then secondly, both political parties would rather more new billionaires than less homeless people. That's sadly true as well. And then Scary Jerry, of his own accord, quote, shit is fucked up on purpose, unquote, Scary Jerry. Yeah, this is not a boating accident. That's the whole thing. No, it's not. It's, um, uh, Benjamin. It's all by design. Oh. It's a matter. Well, homelessness is a matter of choice. Poverty is a matter of choice. Hunger is a matter of choice. Robin, can I tell you something? Yeah. A week and a half ago, my son came home from work. He was very upset. He had been experiencing in the closing hours of his job a young homeless man. Um, there's a homeless camp right across the street from where he works. Um, one of the young men in the camp hung himself. Okay. Oh, God. Um, he witnessed it all. Um, according to others who lived there in the camp, they say that the young man, who was, from what I understand, my son had interactions with him, and so does the 
a few other people that I knew. It was very light, um, not drug using, not alcoholic, just uh, indigent and in the streets. Very polite young man, okay? From himself, from what I understand, another homeless person there said that he was cold. He was tired of being cold. Um, this was before the storm started, okay? Um, he hung himself. And my son, bear witness to all of that. I was very upset behind it. Um, the police, of course, they came and they took him down in a little bit. And, and no further investigation was done. And I would say perhaps because first he was indigent. Um, there will be no further investigation, but he was a young black man. And uh, since then, it's just been on my head that, first of all, did he really hang himself? Okay. Um, second of all, if anybody is out there and they're dealing with any kind of mental health issues or anything else like that, Bear with it for one more day, and please call 988 and seek some help. There are people who will help you. There are people who will and can help you. And if you just bear through it one more day, tomorrow could be a brighter future for you. Please. That's all I wanted to say. Hear, hear, Bernadette. Hear, hear. We gotta do better by the people of this country. We gotta do better. Well, it's you know, like I was saying about the uh, this whole thing about the you know going after uh, trying to give relief to people. Ten to twenty thousand dollars can be pretty much life changing. And then, of course, mm -hmm. uh, they're in. They're ending the, you know, the the extra food stamps that they were giving people. Mm -hmm. Well, some of, some states have already ended it, but there are still states that, uh, you know, are just are going to end it up, well, basically tomorrow, I guess. And it's like these people who were, you know, have gone from getting, you know, twenty three dollars a month in food stamps to like two hundred dollars a month. Which in LA is really still, but it, it, if you know how to shop and you know how to do, you know, the food banks and stuff like that, you can stress. Like I, man, back in the day, don't give me five dollars, mm -hmm. and I could do some beans and rice and some cornmeal and some oil and make me some, you know, beans and rice and some hot water cornbread, man. The thing, look, I knew how to survive and still do. But, you know, fortunately, I don't have to do the things that I used to have to do because I am blessed, you know, by being a part of a dual-income family. But it's and, – and the fact that my wife makes, you know, for now, damn good money. So we're okay. But it's just – it just sickens me. Oh, and now, not only that, so I don't know if you guys have heard – but the IRS is going is hiring more like doubling their workforce to specifically go after people, you know, small business owners that make, you know, like two hundred thousand dollars or less. 
because, you know, they got to make up this deficit. And why, you know, why not tax, you know, why tax, you know, like people like, I don't know, Bezos and Musk and, and, and all these fools that don't even pay income taxes because of loopholes, but yet you're going to come after people like me who have a small business and try to make up the deficit on our backs? Really? Really? It's just the 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 odds, you know, it's like the odds are so stacked against people. And it's just, it just, it hurts my heart. Like right now, I'm on Crenshaw. Where am I? Flossing and Crenshaw, right where Nipsey Hussle was murdered. And there's this gorgeous mm-hmm. billboard of him um, called, the, uh, called, and it says the hustle way. Because, see, that's this, this young, that young, I, okay, full transparency, I had never heard of him until, with, until after he was murdered. But then I, once I heard about him and heard about all the things that he was trying to do in this neighborhood. One of the things he was trying to fight was gentrification. Because like there's a, there's houses over here now that are west of Crenshaw that are going for that few years ago, maybe $245,000 for the house. Yeah, now these houses are million dollar houses now, y'all. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, the... The, remember during the height of COVID, they passed out the PPP loan. And if you want to talk about something that was a farce of unbelievable stature, it was the PPP loans and the lack yeah. of uh, tracking who those loans went to. Of course, you know, everybody that got one also got uh, um, pardoned for having to pay the loan back. Yes. And, right. um, you know, you you had organizations and, and big business getting what was supposed to be loans to small businesses to keep their employees, and um, that money went out, and there was absolutely no tracking of what was being done with those funds. So you talk about a, a grift on this nation um, uh, mm-hmm. of epic proportions because we're talking about whole lot of money that went out at that time. Whole lot of money. And I know people uh, just in my community, uh, many, many business people in my community that received those loans and were giving, uh, giving uh, uh, relief from having to pay it back. And yet, you know, student loans did not be uh, given any kind of relief and people had to suffer under student loans still and, and still are. You know that yes. face, that that if you take, if, if, you take out a, if you take out a loan, you have to be responsible for paying it back. Your your Rush Limbaugh just keeps yes. getting better and better. <laughs> I learned from the best. I learned from the best. You know, so, my fellow um, Americans, if you know, if the responsible thing, if you're a true American. You pay back your loans, and how dare these these low, low life, uh, tit drinking people try to take money from our hardworking Americans? 
if you take a long pay it back. And then all these people got their PPE. And then my thing is, how many of them actually have businesses? Because I know quite a few people. Yeah. My friend Journey, as a matter yeah. of fact, who had an actual business, who almost lost her business, but she could not, for the life of her, get a PPP loan, PPL or whatever they were loan. She could not. Mm-hmm. That part. These, these, these conniving. Marginal trailer <laughs> queen. <laughs> she got her fair share. Oh, oh, and her unfair share. And, and, and her yeah. unfair share. And, and what is this about uh, Lauren, Lauren Blowhard? That's the skeevy heifer. Yeah, I call her a skeevy heifer. Talking about, uh, uh, what was this about uh, faking? Accidents, y'all. These people, and they say, you know, I bet you, Robin, for bringing up that thing about Obama and Jeremiah, right? You know, at least he did go to church, and Jer, you know, and Jeremiah Wright was only preaching the truth about this country. But and they were all, you know, these are the same people that lost their shit because Michelle Obama gained to wear a sleeveless dress. Hell, if I had Michelle Obama's arms, I would be wearing a sleeveless dress today in this cold, okay? That's a whole other conversation. Mm -hmm. But it's like you go after these people, but, but nobody says anything about the hate that is coming from these pulpits, these 501c3 Non-taxpaying motherfuckers. And nobody says these things. I'm just, I just, oof. Jesus, save my soul. I, I, yeah, the hypocrisy is, is amazing that, you know, you can stand on one side of the street and holler whatever and, and you know, step across the street and actually do that thing. Okay. <laughs> the hypocrisy is just amazing in this country. So, um, yeah. I don't know, ladies. We, we, we've got to do better by the people of America. And I show people of America stay woke. If y'all want to co opt the word, then wake the fuck up and let's do something about it. Here, here. Yes. You gotta, you gotta be, you gotta, you gotta be, you have to be active. Sooner or later, you have to be active. Yes, you have to be active. We've got to be proactive at this point because we already know what they're going to do. They've told us many, many times. They're coming after they every last single one of us. Every one of us. They have been telling us who they are for the last few years. You're an other. So, welcome to the other boat, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hell of a, and it's a, a yeah, it's a hell of a boat into the bargain. Yeah, come on T here. Tends to be kind of leaky. Mm-hmm. You do have to bail when you get in here, okay? I will tell you that. <laughs> oh, Lord. 
I understand. But this is, you know, this is a cycle. We go through these fascist cycles in this country, and we've defeated it before, and we'll defeat it again this time. Only this time, they're coming at us with full force, and, and we've got to put this shit down. I'm tired of it, Robin. I'm tired of it. I'm exhausted. We got to put this shit down like uh, putting down a rabbit dog. Yep. Well, there's, there's only one way to deal with fascists. And you really can't negotiate with them. I am nonviolent. No, but if we think if we think that if 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 we think that there if if we even for a moment entertain the notion that there is room for fascism in the in in, in no no because among no. other things the t- the nature of the two party system in this country means that the fascists well it's just look it's just like the teabaggers. We were talking about this last week. Remember the teabaggers? But when, when yeah. one of the parties has turned white nationalism on us, we've got to stop that because there's no way in hell I'm going backwards. I'm not my ancestor, and I ain't trying to make America great again because, simply put, it wasn't great any time in my history. That part. Yeah. You want to talk about making America great? Making America great is in the future, not in the past. Exactly. And let's, let's face it, it wasn't great for the majority of most Americans if you got if you did a serious reality check. Exactly. No, it absolutely wasn't. And and that takes in that takes in every marginalized community. And one of the, you know, one of the things that the Republicans were so successful at was leveraging the the the, the ancient um, notion that as long as you can tell a white guy that he's still better than somebody else, he'll be on your side. Yep. yep. It, it's, it's plain and simple. It's the gaslighting of America. And um, but we know what their playbook is now, so we got to stop being reactive to it. Okay, we can respond to it, and reaction is is, is automatic, you know, reflex. But if we respond to it, which takes forethought, we know what their playbook is now. We'll combat it better with a response rather than a reaction. I'm done being reactive to this bullshit. You can't gaslight me anymore, okay? You simply can't. I hear your dog whistles. I've heard them for the last six, seven years. I'm over it. And I'm ready to put the rabbit dog down. And we'll start with the one that's fucking up the orange fucker down there in Mara Larbanaz. Well, I got to tell you, I, I enjoy. I've been enjoying reading accounts over the weekend of how uh, brave constitutionalist Mike Pencil Neck Geek is going to resist the unconstitutional overreach of the Biden DOJ to to subpoena him to test it. And uh, I know, look, I know this guy was not exactly uh, order of the coy for anything. I don't think he was. It wasn't a great law student. I wasn't either. But I know damn good and well that the concept of executive privilege remains with the executive at all times. 
In other words, if you're a former president, you don't got no executive privilege. And so Mike Pence can, and, 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 the, and the Biden administration has already waived executive privilege on all of this. So Mike Pence saying, no, I can't talk to the grand jury because daddy says no. Daddy, of course, being Nitwit Nero. Why do I, when you said daddy says no? Because daddy says. I thought he was. I just put this image in my head. Wait, let me. I just got this image of my head, in my head, of Mike Pence in a gimp outfit with a ball gag. That's on you. That's yeah, yeah, you keep that one, okay, Trace? No. Because Daddy said. No, no. Because Daddy said. We always do what Correct Daddy says. Correct me if I'm wrong, ladies. Wasn't he trying to avoid the subpoena because of the speech and debate clause of the? Yeah, of he's the trying. Congress? He's he's got two or three that he's he's trying. He's flung several things oh. at the wall. Okay. I, hopefully, none okay. of it sticks. But the ex- speech, the speech and debate clause does not cover this at all. Not and to say, and and for a court to rule that it does would be to upend, huh, you know. Today we're talking to the Supreme Court here, okay? Two hundred and thirty-seven years of legal precedent. Yes, they they are capable and it's, of doing and, and that. What's more, the speech and debate clause is intended to protect the legislative branch from any potential overreach or excesses of the executive branch. And this is not that, because among other things, Mike Pencil, that geek, was not a member of the legislative branch. Even though even though the, pre- the vice president of the United States is deemed to be the president of the Senate, it is right. not, it does not confer upon him status as a member of the legislative branch. He remains a member of the executive branch. I mean this is this is stuff this is stuff that would get this is stuff that would get laughed out laughed laughed out of one L. Right. No, I don't think he has a snowball's chance in hell to be honest with you, okay? Um he's gonna go and so are the rest of them. But the um, problem the pro- but but the problem, Bernadette, is he probably does know he doesn't have a snowball's chance in hell. That's not what this is about. This is about this is about churning this is about churning the clock. Yeah, it's a delay tactic. That's all. That's all. The, and he learned that one from Trump. He knows that Trump knows every delay tactic under the sun. And so he's trying his hand at it. That's all. And the because notion that and the notion that he th- and the notion that he thinks he's some sort of potential presidential candidate for twenty twenty four. Wait, you want to tell that joke again? Because that was pretty funny. Yeah, I know. I mean, that, that, that'll send a girl over to the uh, over over to the uh, earthenware jug and pull the corn cob stopper out and get a swag. Okay, I'm telling you. These um, this Republican or Republican party, as I call them, are merely out for distraction, and we got to be far more aware than that. 
everything that they are doing is nothing but a distraction. And we have serious fucking issues in this world that we need to combat as a nation and as part of the world. And we really got to stop playing to their fucking distractions. I'm so, so tired of this shit. I say every last single one of them that makes a statement out there that can be held against them in this next go-round in 2024 ought to have their statements plastered on their fucking forehead for the whole time, 2023 and 2024. Use their words against them. Just keep it out there. And if the Democratic Party cannot do that, then, then what's the point? I think we're actually doing a, a, a we're doing a, a, a we're doing a reasonably decent job of that. We need to throw money at it, Robin. That's what makes the difference. The Republican Party can grip this entire fucking nation, and they throw a lot of money at their fucking lies. The big lie got got the power it did because of the money that was thrown behind it. And if we as a uh, uh, national party don't start doing the same for our candidates. Uh, it, you know, we need to talk about everything that Biden has done since he's been in office because he's done so much for this country, for the world. He's done so much, and we need to give him his flowers while he's still in office. Frustrating. I mean, frustrated. I- he said he is just, and then you hear these motherfuckers talking about, you know, well, you know, he's getting up there and blah, blah, blah. And I don't know if he's going to be able to, uh, you know, make it for another four years. And All that. He's a better than I am. Uh, that. Uh, makes no, me, it, makes, no, it makes me crazy. No, he, he has the best health care in the world right now. I'm going to make sure his ass stays alive, okay? Not a problem. And by the way, while, okay. we're, while we're at it, can I just throw this in? Because we did talk about it a lot during the four years of Nitwit Nero. Section four of the presidential succession amendment is pretty cogent on this. And the thing is, we have a Democrat in the White House, which means that you've actually got members of the cabinet who are not hopeless sycophants, okay? True. Yes. That's true. If Biden loses it, they'll act. Okay? Absolutely. As well, they should. I mean, they, they, they actually taught, I mean... It was talk. It came to nothing. But there were conversations had, as we surmised during those four nightmare years, there were conversations had mm-hmm. where some of them were saying, you know, we might want to get a little bit section four on him going. And I don't think he's all home. Yeah, and, the and, and, and this and this and, and this cabinet would damn sure do that. They wouldn't like it, but, you know, if he starts. And I hate this because I saw, I got up, I started watching my filthy morning habit. It's never, you know, 
poor Mika was having a conniption over the Barney theme today. And it's like, is anybody going to mention the fact that we tortured prisoners at Guantanamo with the Barney theme? Anybody, Bueller? No, of course they didn't. And they they they, they played her they played they 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 played into a break uh, they bumped into a break with the with the Barney theme and sure okay but that wasn't the larger the thing is they got into the age of Joe Biden thing and lo and behold I think it may have it, it may have been it may have been squint he said. The American people worry about if he, you know if he were to die in office, but even more so, they worry about if there was a Woodrow Wilson situation. Socrates, Socrates gets it, but the thing is, the the situation with Woodrow Wilson, in which he had a stroke and his wife Edith Wilson kept anybody from getting anywhere near him. And the entire Congress begged the Vice President of the United States, Thomas Riley Marshall, to please step in and assume the presidency. And he said, I will be happy to do that if you will pass me a statute giving me the authority to do it. Because he wasn't a shabby lawyer from Indiana. He was a pretty good lawyer from Indiana. Uh, and he had an acerbic wit. And the Congress wouldn't act. And so this uh, Woodrow Wilson just sort of lingered on. And there wasn't anything anybody could do about it. That whole scenario, even though we had to wait all the way through the murder of John Kennedy, is why the Constitution was amended that way in the first place and Section 4 is in place. There is no comparison to be made with Woodrow Wilson. If Joe Biden had a debilitating stroke tomorrow, the Presidential Succession Act would kick in and Kamala Harris would be acting president. Until such time, until such time as it could be as it could be legally and medically certified that Joe Biden wasn't going to be coming back. I don't even like talking about that because I love Joe Biden. I know that it's probably not okay to say that in some circles, some leftist circles. But the fact of the matter is, we've got about as good as an we've got got about as a, as good an imperial administrator as we could have for this particular point in time. And when somebody who's supposed to know things, like the Morning Zoo crew, over there at My Filthy Morning Habit, when they talk about this, a, a potential Woodrow Wilson situation, it's like, do you people even read, I mean, just go and bone up on the Constitution every now and then. Uh, Bern Bernadette, you're, break uh -oh. you're breaking up something fierce. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. Well, maybe better. Um, at that point, you know, it's uh, yeah, Bern Bernadette, your, 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 your cell is just terrible. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's just... Okay. Apparently, there apparently there's a farting hummingbird somewhere near you. Well, Bernadette said if a, if, if a hummingbird farts, her power goes out, so probably applies to cell phones, too. Uh, yeah, and I lost Bernadette there. Thank you, Bernadette. It was lovely. Uh, uh, it was it was lovely chatting with you. But I heard that this I heard that this morning. It's like, God, I, I just feel sometimes I just feel so alone. 
because I know that that's I know that I know that that's in the Constitution that we're not going to have any more Woodrow Wilson problems and. <sighs> well, I have some actually possible good news. Yes, do tell. So, I, I Saturday I went to this um, expungement clinic, and they were doing free live scans. So let me back up. So we have a Senate bill. Oh, I can't remember the numbers. But basically, here in California, if you were convicted of a felony. Then they have a law, you know, because there's this organization called Time Does. And basically, it was founded by uh, this formerly incarcerated brother who was tired of having, you know, constantly, you know, still being basically incarcerated even once you were released because of your record, right? Um, being, uh, you know, uh, you know, whether you have a felony and stuff on your on your um, credit report, all this stuff. So they've been fighting for the last, I don't know, four or five years for the Senate bill that going forward, that anybody who has completed their time, you know, they, you know, they've been released from prison and they've completed probation or pro- and or, or parole, um, and and it depends on, of course, the the, the the crime. I don't, you know, sex offenders aren't eligible. Um, that's not automatic. There's certain things you have to go through because you know that a lot of people who were convicted of sex crimes, especially young black men, they didn't do what they were, you know, convicted of. But anyhow, um, I happen to have my rap sheet, and so I got to meet with the lawyer on Saturday, even though. They had by the time they had I had gotten there, they had stopped seeing people. So I walked over to the guy. His name is Sean. I can't think of his last name. And I said, "Look, I have had the day from hell trying to get here, and because they were having they're having another clinic next Saturday, but I have to work, and I don't have time to sit all day, because um, I haven't really been working because the car, blah blah blah. But anywho, he's like, "Don't worry, sis." I got you. It's like, you know, what my, my grandmother used to say, oh, my God, this person is just making their own right. They just made their own lane to turn right. Okay. And my grandmother used to say, a closed mouth don't get fed. So anyway, I met with a lawyer. She's from an organization called New Way of Life. And she looked at my rap sheet, and she's like, she was looking at all the, the different things. She's like, wait a minute. Does that say that you got probation? That they gave you five more years of probation? And so she's reading all these all this stuff, and she's like, "This judge had it out for you." I'm like, "Uh, yeah." And so she's like, "So basically, what she said that um, what happened to me was a definite miscarriage of justice." And what this my damn Nally, you know, and that um, that. They're going to start with, the, you know, getting my record sealed, but I need more, you know, like basically we're going to probably start working on getting me a, like uh, getting the, forget a part and just getting the whole conviction vacated. Did they give you any kind of a time frame? Well, no, I have to, we have to see what's going to happen is because I had to do a new life scan. Because apparently, because when I did my, I did a live scan last, this time last, a year ago this month. 
and the new law took effect July of last year. So the first step is to get my new live scan to see if they have started the process of stealing my records. Because this has been, this has, I was convicted in 1999. So I don't know how far back they're going at this point. Um, but so, but it, I don't know how long it's going to take Robin, but I don't care. Because it's like, because even if, so, even if I get a pardon, it doesn't, a pardon doesn't mean that I didn't do it, right? Uh, actually, a pardon erases it. It erases it, but it's still... Yeah, like like if, if Nitwit Nero were to accept a pardon for all the shit that he did, it would require him to say, yeah, I done did it. Right. That part. But since we both know Mama didn't do it, and so I I want I want my life back. I I want I I'm tired of living under this cloud because you, it it'll literally be in April of next year. It'll be 25 years that I've been dealing with this. And I, I'm I'm just I'm 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 real real tired of the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I do. You know, it's just because especially when I see these people who because the, the whole thing was because like I said I didn't know about what I could have fought and how I could have fought this. But the bottom line is there was no intent. I did not apply for the county with the intent of defrauding the state of California and the federal government. I did not. I did, and on top of the fact, I did not defraud because I did everything I was supposed to do. I reported my income. I, they owe, the only thing they did, they overpaid me. The only thing that should have happened was. You had to pay it back. Oh, and by the way, it's just pay it back. That's it. That's it. Simple. Just pay the shit back. That's it, sis. And yet, 25 years later, and I just think of people like, you know, Miss Elizabeth Holmes, who the bitch is still not gone to jail yet. She's still out of jail. So is Steve Bannon. Steve Bannon. These people who do every, you know, because they have the means to fight. They have to. They can pay for the lawyers because they can pay for the people who know how to fight the system. I don't have that kind of money. Not a lot. Well, I mean, a a, a lot of non-millionaires and billionaires do. Not a lot of. It's like like, like this this whole IRS thing. 
because they know that people that are making less than, you know, small businesses or whatever that are making less than $200,000 a year or what have you, they can't, they, they're coming after people like that because they know they can't, first of all, they don't really know their rights when it comes to IRS, and they know that they're not going to fight. They know that it's going to lay down and say, okay, what do I owe you? It's not because they don't want to. Well, most people are just so damn tired. You know, it's just, it's this constant struggle of trying to keep, you know, I, I keep hearing the, the theme song from Good Times. And the whole writer's room, by the way, we're all white men, but that's a whole other conversation. Uh... You know, keep your head above water, make it away where you can't temporary layoffs, good times, easy credit ripoff, good times, you know. And it's like, ain't we lucky we got them good times? And I'm like, what good times? And it's so crazy because, like, when, you know, like that part about easy credit ripoff, because, of course, when this show came on, I had no idea what they were talking about. I'm just saying it alone. And I just think about, Payday loans and rent to own. Title loans. And title loans. These things that, like, you know. Money for your car title. Right. I remember the first time I went after those things began popping up, uh, and I went back to Alabama, and there was one on every street corner, and I was like, holy shit, this can't be good. Mm Mm-mm. Because people don't realize how easy it is, and the percentage, the percentage rate, you're winding up paying back so much more than you even thought of that you borrowed, and it's a vicious cycle. Oh, so now also they're talking about this Natalie, the Consumer Protection Agency, or whatever that uh, right, was yeah. formed under Obama. That's another thing they're going after. They don't care about poor people. Well, I got one that'll give you a grin. Okay. You know how Tennistan uh, just passed the drag ban? Because it's all the rage in conservative circles. It's they finally found something that they feel like they can win on. Right. Um. The governor of Tennessee is a guy named Bill Lee. He's all, and and you know this is this, this, file this under I O K I Y A R. It's okay if you're a Republican. Well, back when he was an irresponsible college student at Auburn University, how an Auburn grad ever became became governor of Tennessee, I will never know. I mean, gee whiz. <laughs> I mean, because that's down, that's down Alabama. But he's already gotten busted for the fact that when he was an irresponsible college kid at Auburn, he dressed up as a Confederate soldier for a party. Oops. Well, you know, I mean. But now that the, now that now that Tennessee is passing a drag ban, there's a picture. There's a picture. From his high school yearbook at Franklin High School in Tennessee, 
of the governor of Tennessee, that's right, in drag. Uh, and the caption in the yearbooks is called Hard Luck Woman. No. And the future governor of Tennessee is standing next to, and apparently there were a bunch of other, I guess, popular white boys who were in drag for that photograph, and they're all standing next to girls in boy drag. Oh. Wearing suits and ties and hats. What year was this? I don't know, but God, I think he, uh, I think the story said that the Auburn thing happened in uh, 1980. Oh, no, it's Franklin High Yearbook, 1977, page 165. <laughs> Thank God that people did you Under that bill, he would be arrested. Yes, he would be. The bill that he's gonna is or or ha, is gonna or has signed into law. You watched the series A League of Their Own, yes? Yes, I did. I loved it. Now remember, I'm, it's, it's making me flash on that scene when they had the two uh, gay bars. The black bar and the white bar. The black bar didn't get raided, but the white bar did. And I'm just thinking about the likelihood because they didn't. They didn't. Let's face it; they weren't coming in our neighborhoods back. You know, because this this took place in the South. I think it was Georgia, yes, where it's supposed to take place. I don't remember. Um. But the oh no 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 no! A league, a league of their own takes place in Illinois. So the the, the the TV show? No, wait! I thought I thought we were yes. Okay, it's, well, it's, like I said, I don't remember. Yeah, I, it's it's ba- it's ba- it's based I, I, on I, I, it's based I, I, on some real events, and yeah, it all takes place in like uh, maybe Rockford, Illinois. Okay. Well, well, there was you know, like I said, but there were the rating, you know, and and how these women and people were treated because like, you know, and I just think about how would they, how would it be for them if at that time somebody got an offended by that party or the picture or what have you, and they, you know, they rounded them all up, threw them in the, you know, in the paddy wagon and threw them all in the hoop gal because just dressing up, you know, and it's being who they are. And it's just, it sickens me that these same people who just, you know, with with rather see people like you and people like me dead. They fuck jail. They just want us dead. Rather than us being who we are. Again, I'm not hurting anybody. You're definitely not hurting anybody. So what's the fucking problem? Oh yeah, Jesus. Did you, Jesus wore a dress, sis. Yes, they did. And, pro- 
and, and, and probably went commando. I don't remember them having no underwear in the Bible. Talk about no ain't, underwear ain't, in the Bible. Ain't no, BVD, ain't no BVDs in the King James Version. No. Well, before before we before we before we wrap up this evening, though, there's one one story I've been reading over the, reading about over the weekend that absolutely, uh, and it's 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 kind of Moran Monday. Oh, today is Moran. It's been so long since I've called in the show. Like, yeah. Wow. Uh, okay, today is Moran Monday. There are at least as of the last re- reporting I saw. There are a pair of young of, of siblings, a 15-year-old boy and his 12-year-old sister. They're in Utah. They have barricaded themselves in a bedroom in their mother's home and refused to come out. Why? Uh, they've they've been they, they've been about a month barricaded in because. Some dude of a judge has ordered these two kids to visit with their father. Mom and dad are divorced. They absolutely refuse to go. And they are defying the judge. And the judge entered and the and, and the judge entered the order. On behalf of the father, based on a bullshit, uh, non uh, non credible psychological theory called parental alienation, saying that the kids have been bra- saying that the kids have been brainwashed into hating their dad. Meanwhile, the state of Utah's child protective service investigators have investigated, and they said, "Yeah, these kids are credible." They say that they have been physically and sexually abused by their father. And the judge still did it. But the judge, and it's, but the judge, here comes the judge. Here comes. And the 15-year-old boy on TikTok said, my own word does not matter and they don't believe my truth. The court system isn't trying to save us. Nobody's trying to keep us safe. I'm the one that's going to have to choose my own safety. And so Judge Derek P. Pullen authorized the cops. No, no, no. To use reasonable force to remove the children. What is reasonable force against children, Robin? Violence. But wait a minute. Maybe this is progress. The cops said, we're not going to break down the door. There's a potentially combustible situation, and we want the court to clarify for us before we do anything. Ah. Now, back in 2018, the Utah Division of Child and Family Services found that the father, Brent Joel Larson, sexually and emotionally abused his children. They said that the abuse was severe and chronic. As a result of that, his time was restricted to... uh, Brief supervised monthly visits and a 150-day restraining order that kept him from having any other contact with the kids. 
The Salt Lake County District Attorney's Office says, yeah, there's an ongoing criminal criminal investigation into dude about new allegations. And yet. And yet. Two Utah police, depart- police departments, Harriman and Lone Peak, have confirmed that they're abu- they are investigating him for child abuse. And yet this dude still has not with rescinded his order. These people, they have way too much authority. They have way too much power. Uh, is this a, a lifetime appointment judge, or is this no? I'm sure. I'm sure he's he's either appointed for a term or he's elected. I don't know quite how Utah works. And meanwhile, even though the mother's doing everything she can to protect her two children, uh, his pettifogger says these children are being abused by their mama. This is 2023, and this shit's going on. It's it's just not stopping. It's, it makes me think of Clash of the Titans. You know, at least you know, at least the Kraken. Well, this this judge even went so far in January. This judge even went so far in January as to say say these two children should be sent to an out of state facility for reunification therapy. Is your reunification therapy? Uh, it's kind of like. Is that like is that like conversion therapy? Yeah. It's bullshit. And he said the only way to recover the children from this psychological battlefield is to give these children back to the man who sexually abused them. And why is this motherfucker in? Oh, because he's still under investigation. Okay. The little girl is making dinner of ramen with hot water from the bathroom sink. The boy used a drill to cut a hole in the wall and didn't tell his mother so that they could get to the bathroom without going out into the hall. Now, what kind of of long-term harm is this going to do to these two kids? Jesus. And now it makes me think, remember a while back when I picked up this asshole, you know, these people who used to live in L.A. and California, and they, you know, they go on and on lauding their new city or state or what have you. So uh, I love, you know, and he was obviously a Republican, and he's like, you know, can I ask you a question? And I'm like, when a white man starts off the conversation with, can I ask you a question? I'm like, you can ask all you want. Doesn't mean I'm going to answer, but go ahead and ask your question. Because he was saying something about, you know, why do you still live here? I said, well, I'm a queer black woman, and I'm going to live. I'm living somewhere where I know I'm pretty much I'm relatively safe with my wife. So that's enough for me. 
Well, you know, you what about Utah? Like, you, I said, what? Utah? He's like, well, you know, Salt Lake City is the gay mecca. I said, yes, I'm a gay white man. Because, see, they, they can't, they're not ready for me, Robin. Like the guy the other day who was going on and on about, you know, they were doing a, a back down memory lane as I was driving them to Dennis, and I'm going down, going up Lincoln Boulevard. And he, they were going, oh, that's not there anymore. That's still there, blah, blah, blah. And so, and I just ignore people because I just, they all look, it just made me think of, what did you call them, um, the, the, with the bark, matching Barker loungers? Oh, Emory and Marveline? Um, yeah, they all look like Emory and Marveline, pasty, fat, white people, okay? And so, like I said, because especially because the white man kept talking, and I'm like, I need you to, I forget what I said, and I'm, you know, because I said I have no filter when it comes to when white people annoy me, and I'm just going to say what I'm going to say. And he kept trying to do something about the luggage, and I'm like, well, you just, I know what I'm doing, white guy, just, you know, step. I said, oh, you're, you're going to mansplain to me how to put luggage in the vehicle that I've been driving for 10, you know, for I don't know how long. And it's, it was him and his sisters, I guess, and they just kind of laughed. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. But anyway, so we get to drop them off. And he's like, you know, I can't, I don't even know why. I, I would never live back down here. I, I live in Vancouver, Washington, and blah, blah, blah. And he's going on. I said, well, you know, I've been to your city. As a matter of fact, I was just there last month, and I wouldn't want to live there either. I said, I have this thing about being surrounded by just white people. Ooh. Because because when they when white people start talking about, yeah, I got my three acres of land up in Vancouver, Washington, and all that there, and I'm like, oh, so that's just your, you know, dog whistle saying that you don't want to be around black people. And I basically said, well, you know, I, I, you know, I understand not wanting to be around certain people. I don't particularly like being around a lot of white people either. So, so well, you know, went on. I guess I guess you're not going to I guess you're not going to get on the Christmas card list of Scott Adams anytime soon. No. Oh yes. Yeah. Oh my God. So they are. They are all the newspapers. Are dumping his his racist racist rabbit ass, but I believe, I guess the San Francisco Chronicle dumped his ass a couple of years ago because of, because they already found him problematic. Because when you sent me that thing, I didn't I didn't realize that he was the guy that wrote Gilbert, which is the most unfunny cartoon uh, comic strip ever. It is definitely white people humor. For white people that don't have a sense of humor. Um, and it's like, so, you, you know, just because, and I guess the question that they were, you know, asking people is just, it's one of those things that, what, these questions that will never have a right answer. Did I say white? I meant right answer when it comes to black people because it's, 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 it's written to make black people look like we don't like white people. It's like, 
Well, the whole the whole poll was flawed because it was based on a, it was based on a, a, a meme or a statement that started out on 4chan and became a hate group rallying cry. It's okay to be white. Right. When has it never okay. not been? When has it ever not been? That's it. Oh, but, it but I got But I do got I do. I do. I got to get out of here. Um, top of the hour. Go. Yep. But I love you, sis. I love you dearly, and I'm excited. I, I want I want you to stay on top. I want you to stay on top of that whole that 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 whole process you're going through, and get that done. Oh, tr- trust me, sis. I I it would be such a fucking relief to be able to go. I don't know to Canada and not have to worry and not have to go and jump through hoops and all this other stuff. And just be me. So anyway, again, and I'm also, like Bernadette said, I am so proud of you for what you did last week. I just keep keep up keep up the good fight, sis. You can't go wrong with that. Not gonna stop. So I'm out. Don't stop. I'm out. Good night, uh, Horn family, and, and all that. I know it's been a minute. I'm still here. Just some, you know, by, by the way, just so you know, Scary Jerry, Scary Jerry said, oh, my God, Tracy, I was just singing along with the Good Times theme. Anyways, I just watched a beautiful black and white movie from 1952 called Lone Shark. The major plot point was mafia loan sharks charging 520% yearly like payday loan brokers today. In the 1950s, this... In the 1950s, this was reason enough to kill the antagonist. Not today. Anyways, Lone Shark, 1952, Popcorn Popper, Boy Gets Girl, Bad Guy Dies, Cool Score. Yay. Hey. All right. Well, thank you, Scary Jerry, for that. Love you guys. Good night. I'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Tracy. Bye. And uh, one last word from Shorty in L.A. And Shorty, thank you so much. Thank you so much. We finished February a day ahead. So uh, the, the, the children in Utah, these children will perish. So when and if those children are removed and sent to their father, they will undoubtedly perish for the rest of their lives in jail. Why? For having to kill their father in self-defense if he lays one hand on their body like he did previously. Like I say, the earth is screaming and the people on earth are screaming. Yeah, this is uh, th- th- this, this reunification therapy. Jesus Christ, this is terrifying. Uh, they want a, a New York, uh, a woman in New York, um, naming uh, named uh, turning points for families by Linda Gottlieb, and she takes the kids to an undisclosed location for a four-day sequestration period, and then they meet with the unjustifiably rejected parent. And then they stay in the parent's custody for 90 days and can't have contact with the other parent or related family members. So what's her, what is, what is her, her solution? She's horrified by the fact that people are calling her out for what is obviously a horrifying program. And she said, we can't have what happened in Utah happen again. So for any more clients that she gets, she's going to ask the court that refers children to her to issue court orders that prohibit the parents and the children who resist 
from speaking publicly about their cases. She wants to make the, the abused children shut up about their abuse. This just makes me sick. And there, there are professionals out there who say that uh, the, the, the two kids are giving a false narrative. And that somehow or another, the Utah authorities who actually investigated this and found the abuse said, no. She said, well, you know, sometimes they accidentally make a, substanti- uh, a substantiation. That's Mich- Michelle Jones, another bullshit reunification therapist. Oh, God. <sighs> Sorry to end on a horrifying story. But thanks, everybody. It's great to be back. Sorry I missed on Friday, but I feel good about why I did. Back tomorrow for Titanic Tuesday. And it'll be a fundraising free Titanic Tuesday. How about that? How cool. Thanks to all of you who keep the program on the air. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you so very much this evening, Shorty. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program. Please like and subscribe wherever you're listening to the podcast. Please. And hit that like button on TuneIn if you listen there. That heart button on the on the TuneIn player. I don't know if there's one of those on Podbean. But thank you. Thank you for being part of the community. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks to Sparky and Steve and Roger in the chat room earlier. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, HeadOn.Live. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest-working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia, and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster while it's still free. Get your flu shot. No. Warthog antifungal medicine doesn't help with that. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Wear your mask, especially if you're around maggots. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance where at all possible, 15 to 20 feet, like Paul from Parts Unknown says. And, of course... Uh, if a if 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 a if a blonde uh, if a blonde millionaire lady comes towards you saying, "We won't give up on California and New York. Republicans are going to rule America. Avoid avoid that liar like the plague, because she is, and always 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 Gina, it's all for you. Later." 